This is one of the most brutal and terrifying murder cases in South African criminal history. One fine day in the city of Port Elizabeth, an elementary school teacher named Jay Benayutu was attacked and killed at the gate of her home as she was getting ready for work. The horrifying details from the investigation indicate that Jade was not only killed but tortured before his death. This has caused horror and outrage in the community and the media. Welcome back to our channel. Today we will discuss the case of Jay Benayatu's tragic death, a tragedy that shook the beautiful South Africa. The case raises questions about crime, domestic violence and organized crime and poses a challenge to the justice system to ensure justice for victims and punish brutal criminals. Violent. Who is the killer? What motive led to his cruel and dehumanizing actions? Take a deep breath and walk with us through the door of darkness. The investigation that we will be conducting today will take us below the equator, namely to a city in South Africa that was originally known as Port Elizabeth. I say formally because earlier in February 2021, Port Elizabeth was renamed to Kubera, the wholesale name for Bacon's River. Officials changed the name of the city, along with the names of other cities in South Africa, in order to restore dignity to the black communities that live in cities with names that were formerly associated with colonialism. But because everything that happened related to this case took place before the year 2021, and because I want to be able to pronounce everything correctly, I'll be referring to the city as Port Elizabeth rather than its current name. Port Elizabeth is a city that is visited by tourists from all over the world because to the vast number of coastal attractions that can be found there. In addition to these attractions, the city is home to a large number of restaurants, shops, and nightclubs. It is also the only city in South Africa that can claim to have all seven of the big seven animals living inside its borders. This means that you will be able to discover all of South Africa's biggest species here, including whales, sharks, leopards, lions, buffalo, rhinoceroses, and elephants, of course. The population of the city of Port Elizabeth has increased by 200,000 people during the year 2004 and now stands at 1.2 million. Crispin AU2 was one of the people who were residing in Port Elizabeth in the year 2004, specifically. He was a young guy of 18 years old, and he had nearly completed his studies at the school he had been attending. He was interested in getting his father's little company empire off the ground. His father owned a number of businesses in the Port Elizabeth area, one of which being the Bambi Snack Bar, which was situated on Market Street. Chris was said to be a skilled worker who put in long hours and had a strong commitment to his job. He also had a strong acumen for business. It was in the year 2004 that he was attending a party that a friend was hosting that he first noticed a beautiful face. He got to know Jay Danks, who was the same age as him at the time, 18. When they first started communicating, they had an instant connection with one another. The two started a relationship, and not long after that, they realized they were in love. It was said that Jade was a young woman who enjoyed having fun and had a kind disposition. She had a lot of love to give, 
which was a quality that would one day motivate her to become a teacher. The next year, in 2005, she enrolled in university to get a degree in teaching, and she has been teaching ever since. Over the course of the subsequent several years, not only would Jade's academic knowledge expand, but so would Chris's business. Chris and Jade's relationship would also flourish. Chris launched his initial and subsequent businesses while she was still a student at the university. He started a new location of the OK Grocery franchise in Algoa Park, which he had previously commissioned to be a local grocery shop. And his second business was a restaurant and cocktail bar that he imaginatively dubbed Infinity. It was located pretty much exactly next door to his first establishment. 2011 has come and gone, and things are starting to get more serious for the young professional couple. Not only had Jade successfully completed her studies at the university, but she also had a position waiting for her at a primary school in the area. And even more monumental news, Chris had at long last made his proposal to Jade. The two have announced that they have moved in together and are now officially engaged. But the happiness didn't last for long since Chris was actually carrying on an affair, which Jade was completely unaware of at the time. Back to his supermarket this time. Chris had employed a younger woman who went by the name of Chanel Coots around two years before. And while at initially the two only dealt with business matters between one another, by the year 2012, that dynamic had begun to shift. The two started having an affair behind one another's backs. And even though they were careful to keep it a secret, their co-workers occasionally became suspicious when they shone hints of fondness for one another while they were on the job. The two would spend the evenings together in various motels across the area. And finally, when Jade had to be away for the night, Chanel would even stay at his apartment to avoid being alone. It is unknown how precisely we learned about the scenario, but a few months into the affair, Chris's father, Costapaneya too, became aware of the circumstances. After hearing the news, Costa became quite irate. Jade was someone he'd known for more than eight years at this point, and he loved her very much. As a potential son or daughter-in-law, she was devoted, conscientious, and generous, and he saw the great potential that she had in her. On the basis of this information, Costa threatened his own son, telling him that he would disinherit him if he continued the affair or if he left Jade for Chanel. This was the foundation for Costa's threat. For Chris, the fact that Costa was a prominent businessman in the Port Elizabeth area was his only hope for survival. Because Chris will eventually inherit all of his father's hard work, one day Chris will be short. Following the conclusion of their contentious exchanges, Chris assuaged his father's concerns by assuring him that he was no longer dating Chanel. However, this was not the case at all, and they carried on having their affair in complete secrecy throughout its duration. In the midst of everything that was going on, Jade was completely clueless about what was occurring. A quick jump ahead in time to the year 2013, and the moment had finally arrived. Chris and Jade exchanged their vows in June, marking the beginning of their new lives together. 
Chris and Jade appeared to be the perfect marriage on the surface. He was a successful businessman, and she was a kind educator. During this time, however, circumstances that were not related to their marriage were in the process of altering. It was a plefting information for Jade. She was given a position as a teacher at Rebecca College, which is located in the neighborhood of Voitanagay. On the other hand, Chris's circumstances were heading in the opposite direction. Strong local competition, in addition to a smaller appetite than anticipated, meant that revenues at his grocery shop and his cocktail bar were not looking as strong as they had in the past. In point of fact, for a few months the financial statistics were even in the negative. Chris was theoretically taking care of two ladies at the same time, which meant that the unstable financial situation would cause him even more stress. He would occasionally shower Jade with lavish gifts, but the most of his present money went to Chanel, the woman he was having an affair with on the side. This contained a purse designed by Ralph Lauren a costly watch, GHD straighteners, and a sizable donation toward the purchase of a new automobile. Also, don't overlook the costs associated with staying the night in a hotel. Even going so far as to purchase presents for Chanel's closest friend Cap was part of Chris' plan to make Chanel happy and, as a result, keep her quiet about the affair. Chris's bank account was suffering as a direct result of all of these factors, which contributed significantly to the problem. He was already working a lot, but since he was so determined to make things work, he added even more hours to his already packed schedule. But as the years passed, from 2013 to 2015, Chris's availability to his own wife got less and less consistent. Ultimately, Chris's marriage to his own wife ended in 2015. He was still exerting every ounce of energy that he could muster in the hopes of reviving his failing company. And in addition to that, the additional motivation he had for being there was still present. Jade was affected by this, and as a result, she became an isolated and lonely lady who only confided in her friends. She received the impression that Chris did not have time for her. He was seldom at home, and when he was, he was emotionally distant. He never stayed away for long. She would typically be successful in coercing Chris to return home for supper before he returned to his job, and she would go so far as to make excuses to quit what she was doing and go say hello to him in the evenings. However, this was not sufficient and by September of 2014, she appeared to be on the verge of breaking down. She conveyed her thoughts and emotions in a letter that she sent to herself on the 21st of September. She wrote that, All I have ever desired is to be loved entirely and to the fullest extent possible. I am aware that love does not exist in the same form that it does in the movies. However, I do not experience the love that I imagine. When I look around and see other people enjoying the life that I have been aching to have for so long, it makes me feel envious. I wish to have a typical life. A spouse who maintains a normal work schedule, arrives home at a reasonable hour, and prioritizes spending time with his wife and family. Someone who does not cheat, deceive, or cover anything up 
constantly respects his wife and puts her needs above his own. I'm not sure if I can continue living like Wei. I'm not sure how much more I can stomach at this point. Why is it that I can't have the pleasant, regular life? Why does my spouse not consider me to be his prized possession? Why does he try to keep so much information from me? But why is it completely out of the question to connect with him? I have the impression that I do not possess a heart. It is ripped and worn, and there are holes all over it. It is sufficient to illustrate how Jade truly felt about her own marriage from what is said in the letter. She had a lot of affection for Chris, and all she wanted was to be able to do was hang out with him. And the fact that she felt lonely was not hidden from anybody, as those who were close to Jade and Chris were well aware of it. In point of fact, when Chris inquired as to what Jade's best friend wanted for her birthday, the answer she provided was that all she wanted was to spend more time with Chris. Chris was aware of the problem, but he was too preoccupied with the struggles of running his enterprises to do anything about it. In addition to that, he was thinking about other things. To be more exact, an additional female. The next day, April 21, 2015, in the wee hours of the morning, Jade Penayu too was nowhere to be found. Jade reported to work as normal on the 21st of April, 2015, which was a Tuesday. That day, she was supposed to start working at Rebecca College, which was around 14 minutes away by car from her house in Stellan Glen, which is located just west of Port Elizabeth. When Jade went to work, she typically rode to and from the office with her co-worker and best friend, Shri Swanepoel. And the plan for today was just the same as it had been for the previous few thousand occasions. At 6.15 every morning, Jade would leave her house and wait for Sherris to pick her up outside the gated community that surrounded her neighborhood. Jade was nowhere to be located. However, when Sherris arrived at the scene, there was no response when her cell phone was called, and ringing the doorbell at her residence was also fruitless. And when the property was ultimately searched, but the search was fruitless, severe suspicions began to slowly boil to the surface. It was at this very time that Sherris made the decision to summon the authorities. By the time 10 o'clock rolled around, an alert about a missing individual had been issued on social media. And not long after that, word started to get around that someone had vanished. On the very same day, the police would begin a comprehensive search that would include the deployment of the aerial unit as well as multiple K-9 units. But as the light began to fall, they were no closer to determining her location than they were before. Jade's family has decided to put up a reward of 50,000 rand for anyone who has any information that may lead to the safe return of Jade. And by the time it was night, the incentive had increased to a total of 150,000 rand. A significant number of individuals used various social media platforms to contribute to the search for Jade. The hashtag HashFinJade got a lot of attention when it started trending, and people continued to use it extensively throughout the night. Around the same time as search activities started to speed up for the first full day of looking for the missing person, around 10 o'clock, 
The search was interrupted. The news is quite upsetting. And Cop went back to report to his squad that, with the help of his canine unit, he had discovered the corpse of a deceased person. Just outside of Quana Bushel, it could be found in a forested region that was not far from a dirt road. And unfortunately, the findings of the forensic investigation would rapidly show that the body was really Jay Paniatu's. She had been shot three times, twice in the back and once in the head. She was fully dressed when she was found. Her jewels and backbank cards were among the items that were stolen from her. When they heard the news, family members who had hurried to the site were left in utter disbelief. All of Jade's friends and family were in tears, and his sister was on the verge of passing out. When the news of her passing spread across the school, Chris was also present at the time. However, classmates and co-workers alike lamented the passing of one of their own kind. The plight of South Africa's nurturing educators caused widespread emotional distress across the country. Because of the widespread coverage of the case on social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook, the suffering was also experienced on a global scale. However, one of the most important and troubling concerns regarding her passing did not yet have a satisfactory response. Why did Jade have to die? In light of the circumstances surrounding her passing, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Even though it was discovered that her belongings had been removed from her corpse, murder is rather an extreme measure to take for a crime of this nature. The photographs of the person of interest were taken from surveillance and published by the police the very next day, on April 23. It was shortly discovered that Jade's credit cards had been used on two distinct times on the day of her passing, both of which occurred on the same day. And these two photos were captured by the ADM's camera system. But Jade's friends and family had no idea who they were. In the conclusion of exactly one week following Jade's passing, members of her family and close friends put her to rest in the Mater Day Catholic Church in Newton Park. Her pupils were among the hundreds of people who came to share their condolences and say their farewells after learning of her passing. Everyone that she cared about was there to support her. And everyone's feelings were stirred by Chris's heartfelt and beautiful eulogy for his late wife who had passed away. But this is the point where Chris's situation begins to appear a bit precarious. The memorial that he had created for his wife, Jade, turned out to be really nice. Really impressive. In point of fact, it was so well built that it was a bit unusual that he was able to do anything so perfectly during his period of sorrow since it was so nicely created. This is due to the fact that he did not write the script himself. In point of fact, back then, if you went to Google and put in wife eulogy, the search engine would bring up another eulogy written by Charles Atkins, this time for his only wife. And others who adhere to the same Pharisee beliefs are excruciatingly slothful. Despite the fact that this was a very poor choice on Chris's part, it did not automatically imply that he was responsible for any wrongdoing. He may have been so upset to make his own screenplay, noting that it did raise suspicions around him and his own genuineness to his own wife. Alternatively, 
He might have merely been that upset to write his own script. But he was completely unaware that there were other things happening in the background at the same time. And with each passing hour, the noose that was placed around Chris's neck became even more restrictive. On the day before Jade's burial, the police made an arrest in relation to the murder of Jade based on information received from a source that will remain anonymous. Laton Docioni was the name of the suspect who was taken into custody. He worked as a bonesir at Chris's own nightclub at the time of his arrest. There were whispers going around that Latundo may have been involved in the planning or execution of the crime. Latundo must have gotten the willies while he was being held in detention. He finally broke down and confessed everything to the cops. He said that Chris had approached him with the request to hire an assassin to kill his own wife. Even if Latundo wouldn't do it himself, he had a friend or two who would be willing to. The clue ultimately led to a significant development in the investigation. However, they continued to lack any evidence that may link Chris to the crime. They needed further evidence to show that Chris intended for his own wife to be murdered. This is a pretty serious allegation against you. As a result, they came up with a scheme. They came to the conclusion that it was in everyone's best interest to release Latundo from detention with one specific proviso. It was now necessary for him to carry out a covert operation, during which he would covertly record Chris and attempt to coerce him into confessing his role in the death of his own wife. As a kind of retaliation, they decided to lessen his sentence. In light of this information, Latundo gave his assent. He phoned Chris the next day, and the plan was successful. My life has been very hectic recently. Why, I really have no idea. Babala contacted me and then proceeded to tell me that the cops had been killed. My home, where, indeed, everything is undergoing transformation. But why a police office specifically? That is the reason. I really have no idea. In my opinion, the more casual. You must be familiar with this, doesn't it? Where exactly are they planning on going? I really have no idea. They did not inform me about it. I even replaced the card in the sink. You are going to have to modify it once more right now. Yeah, after this, this, and this, we are going to come to an end. Please don't call or text me. Just what is going on here? I'm sorry, Bruce, but I don't know. That was hidden from my view. This is how things are going to play out. Yeah, what is the price of it? Plus minus five. In what ways did they question you? Tell me. Have they inquired as to whether or not you were involved? That's about right. It is something along those lines. So what did you say? So tell me, where exactly did they take you? Have you brought your phone with you anywhere? No. You use the other phone, right? Yeah. You instructed me to get rid of it. Yes. Did you also get rid of the SIM card and anything else that came with it? Yes. I'm not utilizing. Okay. They didn't ask anything about me or whether or not I'm associated with anything, did they? Yes, I was asked by them. However, 
You have been calling me non-stop all day, and they are currently tracking my phone. I have no idea. I have no choice but to let them know that you called me since, otherwise, they would suspect that I am involved. Therefore, you should get rid of the phone right away. My life may be seen in both the phone and the SIM card, my dear kid. I didn't say anything, but it's clear that they are keeping track of everyone I've been calling. They are sending text messages to my phone as well as every other number phone. My family has been looked at as well by these people. Someone else stated something that seemed really insane, but I have already told you that. First, it was an act of kidnapping, and then it was a murder. You need to go hide at Jeffrey's for a bit and be quiet rather than just committing the heist outside the home. This will buy you some time. Therefore, I am going to tell you that you need to destroy your phone immediately, along with the SIM card. You have informed me that you would be traveling to East London. Therefore, I will state that. Okay, in any case, I won't worry too much as long as they remain unaware of our existence. There are around five of them there. Put yourself in order, since I can't help you any longer. These goods set me back a significant amount of money. The rest of the family is gazing at me as well. Yes, okay. Not at all, considering the success of these young men. I advised you to let them do the task outside the home and to place the bags in the apparatus that resembles rings. They did not, however, steal the watch or anything else of value. You can tell that they just left everything there, can't you? It would appear that we have a winner here. That means they are pursuing me. This is the reason why I am unable to meet you in these circumstances in front of other people. Tundal. Okay, cheers. Chris was taken into custody by the police two hours later that evening. The circumstances surrounding Jay's disappearance would continue to develop, eventually shedding light on three other individuals of interest in the investigation. Chesazaki Vamazan, Sina Timbanan M and the Lane Sabeko. And while Chris has denied any participation in the murder of his wife, it is said that he requested his bodyguard to plan a hit, who then paid three hit men to carry it out. Chris has also denied having any knowledge of the murder. Chris provided the command to get it done at 6.30 in the morning, when Jade would be waiting for a co-worker to pick her up for work. Chris specified that it should be done early in the morning. He instructed that they act as though the homicide had been committed during a robbery by carrying out the killing just outside the entrance of Stellan Glen and taking all of her belongings from her body after the homicide had been committed. The 21st of April, 2015, was the initial date that was planned for Jade's contract. However, it was moved forward by one day. However, at the time when Chris's hitmen were gathering their strength for the task, Jade's buddy Sherris really made her appearance. Therefore, they came to the conclusion that they would do the task at a later time. It would appear that this delay infuriated Chris a great deal, because he wished for the death of his wife to take place as speedily as possible. He insisted that it take place the very following day, on April 21, 2015, around 6.15 in the morning. 
Jade was seen walking beyond the gates of her neighborhood. In addition to this, she was unaware of the presence of the three assassins at the moment. They were traveling just a few meters further down the road in a rented automobile. Along the journey, the three friends made the decision to alter their plans. However, because they did not want any witnesses to the murder, they decided that rather than killing her right there and then, they would kidnap her, transport her someplace secluded, and then carry out the remainder of their agreement. After finding herself in the back of a rented car, Jade was then taken approximately 20 kilometers to the northwest to a site outside of Quanabouchley. It would take roughly half an hour to get there if you drove there. After then, she was pulled out of the car and shot three times. The third bullet caused her death immediately after it struck her. After that, the murderers drove to a nearby ATM and withdrew the equivalent of $100, which was 1,500 rand. A second effort was attempted later that day, but because a pin had been entered erroneously, money was delayed for both attempts. As a result, one of her assassins was caught on video during one of the failed attempts. The magistrate's court would try all four guys at the same time, with the exception of Chris's bonser because he had agreed to take the plea deal. But for some unexplained reason, before the trial could even begin, one of Chris's hit men would miraculously pass away, leaving the other two, along with Chris, to stand before the court. Surprisingly, Shisazaki Vamazan, who passed away while on medical leave from jail to be treated at a hospital, had earlier said that he was subjected to physical abuse at the hands of corrections authorities inside bars. The charges were refuted by the police, however, and he eventually passed away after falling into a coma. However, even in the event that he were to pass away, nothing would change since on October 11, 2015, the trial against Chris and his two assailants would get underway. The prosecution contended that the reason Chris committed murder was because he was struggling to provide financially for both his wife and his lover at the same time. As a result, his wife was had to leave. In the meantime, Chris's defense would assert that he had a pure heart and that he would never intentionally hurt another person. In point of fact, it appeared that he had only recently purchased a new residence for himself and Jay. Why, therefore, would he choose to kill her? According to the story, the motivation wasn't there at all. Chantal Coots, who was Chris's lover, testified during his trial and talked about the expensive presents that Chris had given her. She testified about the things Chris had given her. She also admitted that she had stayed in Chris's home when Jay was gone, as well as their sneaky nights spent together at local hotels and she confessed that she had slept there. However, the covert recording of Chris became the most prominent piece of evidence that implicated him. And as if all of that wasn't enough, it was revealed that phone communications between Chris's bonesir and his hitmen were made only seconds before the GPS coordinates of the hitmen's phones arrived outside Jade's property. ADM mix shots were also found as well as the GPS coordinates of the Hyde car, which matched the route that would have been traveled between Jade's house and the place where her death was found. Jade's body was found in a spot that was close to an ATM. 
After this, along with a multitude of other information, Chris Benayutu was found guilty of the murder of his wife Jay Benayutu on November 2, 2017, which was also Chris's 31st birthday. The day of the murder verdict was also Chris's birthday. It was also discovered that Chris was in the process of obtaining a loan for 2.2 million rand, which would imply that it would be difficult for him to make both his wife and his mistress happy at the same time. The court also came to the conclusion that Chris had second thoughts about marrying Jade and that he had slain his wife in an effort to reduce his ever-increasing amount of debt. The court had no pity for Chris and handed down a life sentence for the guy as a consequence of the callous and violent deeds that Chris had committed. In addition, Senatembenem was sentenced to life in jail for the murder of Jade, and Solani Sebeko was sentenced to 15 years in prison for her role in the plan to murder Jade. Latundo Sioni, Chris's bonesir, is still awaiting his final punishment at this time. And whatever the length of time that each individual engaged in the incident now faces, it will never be as terrible as the death of Jade, who, in her dying moments, had to have been in absolute terror. Before finally being slain, in spite of her reasons for leaving, betraying, and being greedy, Jade was, all things considered, a wonderful person. She was said to have a heart of gold and her commitment to her causes and the people she cared about was described as being humble and genuine. She was a tenacious, energetic, and devoted friend. One of her pupils referred to her as a limited addition due to her upbeat demeanor, vivacious character, and stunning grin to match. She was a wonderful teacher. She should have gotten so much further in life. And in the end, it was her very own husband who betrayed her and sold her entire life for a reward of 80,000 rand, which is approximately comparable to $502.02. After so many years, Chris's father, Kostopaneya II, who was against Chris's affair, was tragically shot down and died outside of his own business on December 9, 2019. Chris's father was against Chris's affair. While Costa was locking up his store for the evening, he was attacked with minigun shots, and then his automobile was taken. And despite the fact that his murder does not appear to have any connection whatsoever to the investigation into Chris and Jade's case, the loss of his life is yet another tragic and pointless development in this narrative. This was yet another very heartbreaking event to report about. One that has completely decimated two families and is totally attributable to the conduct of a self-centered man who valued his personal ego and financial gain more than the lives of his wife. I truly wish that Crispin Ayu too would spend the rest of his life in prison, filled with nothing but shame and remorse for his actions. Once again, I want to thank you for your attention to the case today. Help me out by giving a thumbs up and subscribing to my channel if you thought it was interesting or if you learned something new from it. This was a really challenging and convoluted case to cover, and it's one that I'm certain will elicit a lot of commentary from readers. Therefore, if you could be so kind as to give your ideas in the comments section below, I would really appreciate it. In addition to that, 
If you are interested in viewing further examples from South Africa, do let me know. Once again, I want to thank you for following us, although I'm sure you already know that. I'll be right here in the next one, waiting for you to come. However, until that time comes, it is important that we look out for one another. Goodbye.